The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Welcome to season three of The Waiting Room, a Quantum Leap podcast. And that actually means season three of Quantum Leap. Really looking forward to diving into what season three has for us. And when I say us, I mean myself and, of course, my partner in time, Mr. Benny Mac. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well, sir. My cold seems to have gone now. It's ready for season three, so it's all good. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed our bonus episode last week with all the it's quite an interesting uh, episode to be honest. I'm not going to say much more than that, but the picks that we came out with and the ones we forgot and we didn't forget, and it was quite an interesting uh, <laughs> exchange of uh, you know our top five really. Yeah, it was. It was. I, I enjoy doing stuff like that. We do a similar sort of thing for the Doctor Who pod as well. It's it's always good seeing what I personally liked and disliked and pulling it up against what other people liked and disliked and, and so on. But if I find it incredibly difficult, first of all, remembering all of the episodes without having to go back and do too much research. And secondly, putting them into order, narrowing it down from the 22 episodes to five was incredibly difficult. And then putting them in any form of order was even more difficult. It was, it was a real struggle for me, Benny. Yeah, I mean, we only had top five, but we had like a we had a little leeway because we had three sort of honourable mentions. But even then, we were both struggling to. Honestly, I had my top five within the first when I so I was making my list, and I went as I've already said, but I went for the first thirteen episodes of season two. I had five already, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not even done yet. You know, it's yeah. twenty two episodes, and I've got, I've gone through thirteen, and I have five already. <laughs> so it's, yes. Um, this is going to be interesting. I know we're way off yet. We've just started. We've got 22 episodes to look through in season three. But trying to pick a top five out of this season, I feel maybe even harder. If I remember the season right. Well, you know. I think you're right. At, at the end of our, um, I suppose, season two review or countdown episode last week, which is available, of course, via SJP World Media in the archives. Go back and check it out, as well as our whole back catalogue, looking at season one, season two, and so on, or Quantum Leap we had a little look at what was coming up in season three, didn't we? And it was a lot of great episodes. And then there's always those ones that have the title, but the title doesn't jog my memory. Yeah. There are a few in this one, actually. I will give you that to be mm. fair. Yeah. So I think we're going to have some great TV to look at and review coming up. Um, obviously starting here with episode one of season three, the leap home. This is, one of those episodes of Quantum Leap that, again, always features very highly when people talk online about their favorite episodes or, you know, you know, you get these websites that give you the, the top 10 episodes of Doctor Who, the A-Team, Quantum Leap, whatever. This always ranks very highly on those lists as well. So we're off to a flying start, I think. Uh, the Leap Home, as I said, season three, episode one. Uh, Sam has leapt into a 16-year-old version of himself. It's November the 25th, 1969. And I'm going to prepare everyone right now. This gets emotional and gets heavy, doesn't it, Benny? Yeah, I um, yeah, definitely. No, 100%. I can't really add to that. Um, I was going to quickly point out not to take away from that because you are right it gets almost from the beginning to be honest 
from the opening scenes of you know mum, dad, sister, and everything. Um, definitely a hundred percent. The music is a weird combination of quantum leap, farmy, folksy. Uh, yes. L- last of summer wine <laughs> for UK people. <laughs> in case, in case, that's what I don't know uh, towards the end of it, but. What I was going to point out very quickly is that we've gone from MIA April 1st, 1969 to November 25th, 1969. So we are in the same year where Sam just was at the end of season two, which I don't think is. Yeah, we go back and forth, but not I I don't think I think it's quite rare for them to be in the same year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, But even when you look at you look at something like Trilogy, which we'll come to um, in the coming episodes in the future that's three leaps that are basically the same story yeah but you're jumping around in in years so to have two leaps so close together and i suppose where we go with the next episode as well is relatively close also it is very unique it is very rare i think yeah i can't i mean i'm looking now i can't i mean i could be wrong on that obviously but i think generally you kind of go so I won't go through all of them because we've already done them. But like, so I'll go from episode 19 to 22 in the end of season two, right? So Leaping In Without a Net was 1958, November. Maybe Baby was March 11th, 1963. So we jumped forward a few years. Then we went back in time even further. Steve Bride, 1954. And then obviously, like I just said, MIA was 1969. So I think it's, yeah, I think you might, I think we are right. It's very rare for them to be anywhere near each other. It's usually mm. two, three years minimum, I would say. Um, so I just never noticed that before. Really. I never, you know, cause I'm, Oh mate, as soon as this episode started, I was just like smiling from ear to ear. Yes. Uh, I, I really was. I can't, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'll try and be impartial. Um, but this is, I, it's up there, isn't it? I think I know we, we haven't gone through it yet, but it's hard not to. And then again, being a bit older, when he yeah. sees certain family members that he hasn't seen, and we'll get into that obviously. Again, I think this is one. Of, I don't know if you if there is a, a perfect episode of Quantum Leap, but you'd have, if you were going to choose the all time best top five, I think this would have to be in there. That's not asking a big statement. I know at the beginning of the podcast, but it's a very I love I like this episode. I have fond memories of it, and like I said, I was smiling ear from from ear to ear. As soon as Sam was in the cornfield and uh, realizing where he was, yeah, I mean that's the thing, isn't it? There, it I, I agree with pretty much everything you've just said there. I mean, as always, there are one or two little things that because we're, you know, reviewing the episode in, in the nature that our podcast does, we we have to point out a couple of bits here and there that maybe aren't as spectacular as the rest of the episode, or a couple of things that haven't aged well, maybe. But at the same time, I loved this. I, I mean, again, spoilers, I suppose, before we even get to our end of, end of episode review. But I love this. It's fantastic. And you mentioned there about Sam uh, leaping in and he's in a cornfield. So straight away, he's wearing his high school jacket and, and hat and so on. And he's tiptoeing through the corn. And he says, oh, you know, the, the, it's, you know, he smells the air and he can place it as being November. And he says, oh, if there's corn here, there's going to be pheasants. And he carries a pretend gun. And when the pheasants fly away, he pretends to shoot at them. To which case, then he sees three young girls in cheerleader outfits uh, all sat um, on on, a, on the road or, or pathway or clearing in the corn. And they yeah. laugh and joke and say to Sam, did you get it? And all this sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Sam basically gets a bit flustered 
twigs that these girls are from his past. He recognizes them. They think he then runs off because he's very shy because one of the girls has a thing for Sam and wants to get wants to go to the, the, the dance with him after a big basketball game that is coming up. But Sam isn't running for that reason. He's running to see if this is this is correct. He's running to see if his suspicions are right. And he runs through the field, I suppose, like the other end, maybe, is what, what we're saying, and sees a farm, which, of course, is his childhood home. Recognises it straight away, doesn't he? He's belting down that road, that dirt road, to get to that house. And I love the... When he gets there, he gets onto the, up the steps, onto the porch, looks at himself in the reflection of the door, uh, the window. And we have young Sam again, which we haven't seen since season one. Mm-hmm. Literally the very first episode. And I love the fact they've actually gone with the the same actor, which is Adam Logan, which I don't know much about the uh, the lad, but he's been in quite a few different things, apparently. So most normally when Sam leaps into somebody, they tend to only do Quantum Leap, as far as IMDb will tell us. This guy's done a fair few other things um, very quickly. He was in Alias in an episode. Um, he's been at, where was it? I've lost the freaking list as soon as I start talking about it. The Wonder Years. <laughs> he was in an episode. Oh, okay. So My Two Dads in an episode in 1989. So he's my done Two fair, Dads. Bloody hell, that's a blast yeah, from the past. I never watched it, so I've literally, I don't know. I've never seen it, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, he I remember did, that. Um and he's done a few, you know, he's done, he, compared to most of the people that Sam le- leaps into and the person who portrays them, um, who he's meant to be, he's actually done a lot more than most. Uh, most of them are only done like one or two other things where, or none at all in most cases that we've seen so far. Um, so yeah, but it, I like the fact that we got to see uh, young Sam. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, we get the other end of the scale, I suppose, shortly afterwards. I mean, first of all, the door opens and Sam's reflection uh, moves to the side and we see Sam's mum. He gets emotional and gives her a hug and she's calling Sam's father because it's dinner time. And, you know, she's he's getting he's getting deaf or he can't hear me. So Sam says, I'll go get him. Heads down to uh, the milking shed, I suppose, is what you might call it. Yes, yeah. And his dad is there milking the cows. And it's a very emotional moment as Sam walks in. And he's already cottoned on that he's obviously his 16-year-old self. So he's behaving in a appropriate way for that particular role he is trying to fulfill at this moment. And he's, he, he hugs his dad and they talk about him staying behind after practice to shoot baskets and so on. Because Sam is big into his basketball. It's it's quite an emotional scene, isn't it? But what we get also... You mentioned seeing young Sam. We get old Sam because Sam's dad is played by Scott Bakula in some kind of ropey-ish makeup that hasn't yeah. aged massively well, I don't think. But again, it's 1989, 1990, sorry. And they only have a certain amount of money to spend. But it don't look great now. Sort of, you know, what it hasn't aged well. 30 no, odd years later, has it? It hasn't aged well. And, I'm not, and I don't want to you know, take away from it, but... That's my only real gripe, I think, in this episode. And again, Scott Bakula plays it well, really well, better than well. Um, <clears throat> it's just, a sh- um, yeah, it's, obviously they need, they need to age him. And yeah, it just doesn't look good, um, to be honest. That's my only real gripe about it, to be honest, is the... But Scott Bakula plays his dad really well. Um, I quite like the guy that was in the pilot episode that played his dad, who he called when he was the baseball player. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I'd have been quite happy with that actor to come back. Maybe he wasn't available. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Maybe I should have. Um, but yeah, no, that's my only, yeah, like you said, 1990. 
budgets constraints probably um it doesn't look it doesn't it almost looks like the captain kirk mask with crappier hair <laughs> to be honest <laughs> um and i don't know if you know that about what shit was it is it um oh god some people are gonna scream at me now halloween it's, halloween thank you i've never watched them to be fair um you but, you what yeah, we'll talk about it another time. Uh, but no, no, no. Hang on, very quickly. You've never <laughs> seen. You've never seen the original Halloween. I've never seen any of them. You never seen any of them. That, that that movie is an absolute classic. But yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll move on. I'm not really a horror fan, though. So, not. I mean, I can to to a degree, but I'm not. I'm not really a horror fan. But I know the. Uh, is it Mike Myers in Halloween? Yes. Um, it's an actually. It's actually a Captain Kurt mask turned inside out. I don't know. That's if you right. Know that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's kind of if you think of that, it's kind of like that, but obviously skin color and it's, again, I'm trying. I don't want to be mean to the the makeup people and stuff, really, but it's the only thing. Like I've already said, is quite ropey, as you as you quite quite rightly say. Um, but I think Scott Bakula plays his dad, you know, Sam's dad, really well. But I'd have been happier if it had been the same guy for continuity. Mm, yeah, the uh, baseball episode. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, we also then get an interaction with Sam's little sister, who is, is it Katie? That's her name, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. She comes in and there's a bit of a discussion about who's going to get Tom's room. Tom is the eldest of the siblings. And and Sam turns and says that she can have it. She can have anything she wants. She's my little sister. The, uh, obviously feeling emotional seeing this scene. And I mean, it must be incredibly hard emotionally to be placed in this, is this environment. And, what I liked about this as well is as Sam went running off with his sister, Sam's dad looked a little confused. Yeah. As almost like, well, why is he being so nice to his sister? Because, you know, I've got a younger sister. We're best of friends now. But when we were those ages, I mean, she was a little bit older than Katie. She's only two years younger than I, but we hated each other. So I can get why he, why the dad might be looking at that and thinking, okay, that's a bit strange. I liked that little touch because it added some realism to it. Yeah, obviously the argument between Tom's room, the older brother who's leaving soon, you know, he's trying to be, uh, so the little sister thinks, he, Katie thinks he's being nice <laughs> over this bedroom. And yeah, it's, it's um yeah, I liked it. It was a nice touch. The music is, and it's not like, um like a song or anything. It's like the, uh, you know, the composer music and stuff. But um, the score then um, is really, when he hugs his dad and stuff, it's, uh, you can't help but smile. Mm. Really, yeah. uh, Sam has been doing all these things from season one to season two to now, and now he's home, but he's not home because he's not in his own time. But he is, but he is home. So, and he doesn't well, refer to it a bit later on in the episode. He thinks he's being rewarded, doesn't he? Well, that's yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. He feels like he's being rewarded for all the good he has done, and that's kind of a it's like an underlying theme throughout this episode. Because basically Sam takes it upon himself to try and use this opportunity with his knowledge coming from the future to use these literally a few days he has to rectify things that went wrong and affected his family. So the big one, obviously, is that Tom gets killed in Vietnam. Sam is trying to stop Tom going to Vietnam or stop that happening. Uh, Sam's father died relatively young with heart issues and high cholesterol because of his diet and the way he smoked and so on. Yeah. Sam wants to rectify that. And of course, we also get the, the situation where Katie, when she grows up, 
elopes and, and marries a guy named Chuck who becomes well, he effectively is an abusive alcoholic and she yeah. has a has a miserable time. So these are all things that are touched upon quite a bit throughout the story of Quantum Leap. But here, all three of them are at the forefront. And Sam is taking it upon himself to try and stop these things occurring in his own past to affect his own future, I guess. Which I think is only natural, Benny. I think that's just kind of what you do. Yeah, you know, seeing, you know, and you can, because his brother is, you know, goes to Nam, set to die April 8th, I think. Yes. As you've already mentioned, the sister marrying an abusive alcoholic and the fact that his bro- his dad dies is it in his late 50s, mid 50s? It's not very old, is it really? Yeah, they, they mentioned that his grandfather, Sam's grandfather, passed away at, at the age of 57. Through something very similar. So they're kind of looking at it as being the same way. And I don't know how old his dad is supposed to be here, but we find out through Sam talking to Al that his dad dies three years after this. So that would have been 72. So. Yeah, so, you know, it's sort of only natural that we would like to go and change some things in our past, uh, loved ones, whatever it is. So, you know, I think that's why it pulls at the heartstrings this episode, because mm. I think we can all relate to it in some way, shape or form. Um, if you've ever experienced any loss in your life, which most of us have, some of us don't until we reach our 20s. Sometimes we're not even our 30s, to be fair, if we're lucky. Um, but yeah. I think a lot of people, I think that's why it's such a good episode because a lot of people can feel, you know, it's not seeing these people for years. And then, you know, obviously Sam's been leaping around for the last couple of years as well. Um, no real mention about whether his mum's still alive or not. Um, but yeah, that doesn't come out. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't even know what happens to his mum. Is it no. ever covered in the show? Not that I can remember. I mean, maybe we missed something and maybe we will rectify that a bit later on. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, not that I can, I honestly cannot remember. Um, I'm gonna say no though, I think mm. it's a no, but I'm sure we'll hopefully we'll find out in the next couple of seasons we got left. But, um, yeah, I think people can relate to it as I've said. Yes, indeed. Uh, we then we, I'm glad that they covered this the way they did because we get told the real reason Sam is, or or what Ziggy believes to be the real reason as to why Sam is where he is or when he is, I suppose. And initially they say that Sam is there to win a basketball game. And this is a basketball game that his high school lost against their local high school. Sam has always wished he could go back and do that game again. Um, A character by the name of No-Nos, who is a six foot four kid, uh, dominates the game and dominates Sam during the match. And Sam's always had this in the back of his mind. He'd like a go, a, a do over, I suppose. Yeah. Now Sam does say, okay, I, I feel I'm being rewarded with this opportunity and so on. My initial reaction was, Oh, come off it. He's there to, he's there to win a basketball game. This is bollocks. But straight, <laughs> but straight away, Al explains that the repercussions from that basketball game to certain people's lives were quite huge. Winning that game meant that they go through to the state finals, which they would then win. This is the probability that Ziggy has figured out anyway. That would then mean that the coach would have an opportunity to further his career and ends up actually coaching in the NBA. And a couple of members of Sam's team 
get basketball scholarships at yeah. very good colleges because of the stature of where they played and the trophies they won, which then lead to them actually becoming doctors. And then the knock-on from that would be them obviously helping other people because yeah. of their medical training and so on. So my initial thought was, that's fucking nonsense. <laughs> Straight away changed with the explanation they gave. And I'm really glad they took the time to, to pad that out a little bit. Other than just winning about, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like you said, the scholarships and the doc, they become doctors, which is obviously a good thing. Um, certain people just do better in life because of the ripple effect of that one game, which leads them, like you said, to the state championship. So uh, Bentleyville is the team. That's they, right. Uh, never, never try it. They always lose to, even when uh, a bit later on, when we have Tom says, you know, we never beat them either. Um, so, you know, obviously do home and away games, so they never beat them. So, you know, <laughs> mm. but yeah, I, I like it. You're right. I like the fact they, the way they explained it, and it literally took out maybe 30 seconds 35 seconds to explain all that and you're like oh, okay and your brain fills in the rest because obviously becoming a doctor is good but this is the thing that I, I suppose i'm noticing more and more with our watch back of quantum leap and it's not just quantum leap i guess it's any time travel program that I, I, i've enjoyed or maybe not enjoyed um you know there's various programs you can find on netflix and so on that base their stories around time travel i like it a lot more when we know that especially when people are in the past we know what the original history was supposed to be and we know what will happen if things are changed or at least when we get to the end of the episode what has now happened now things have changed i i find padding out that world giving a bit more background to the whole repercussions and, and consequences of time travel and altering something really adds to what we're watching sometimes just leaping in and going oh yeah that person dies you've got to stop that that happens they leap out okay, you're still correcting something that once went wrong and you're doing your good deed and, and all that sort of stuff. But when you've got more, I mean, it, like you said, it took, it took Al 30 seconds to explain w what happens if they win yeah. this game and the repercussions of that. That to me, is, th those 30 seconds pads out the whole episode so much because of all of a sudden, it's not just Sam thinking, oh, I'm being rewarded. I got a chance to replay a basketball game because that would have been a quite a weak reason for that this leap to have been happening for me almost like they're trying to make an excuse for him to have these emotional moments with his family but because of the repercussions with regards to the coach and his teammates becoming doctors and so on the emotional turmoil sam goes through trying to rectify issues with his family as a version of his 16 year old self he, he has a genuine purpose for being there rather than just a throwaway reason to try and get that written into the show have I explained yeah. that okay? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense to me. Hopefully, it makes sense. Hopefully, people are watching along with us, so they'll they'll go, yeah, okay. Uh, but yeah, it's it's added more depth to the story, basically. Yeah, uh, and it's so much. And like you said, I didn't remember. I I remembered he needed to win a basketball game, but he is he wants to correct his own, you know, his dad, his sister, and his brother. So I get that. But yeah, but like you said, the fact that Al explained it was like, oh, okay, cool, and that because mm. that. Cause, like you said, when you say somebody becomes a doctor, because because it's a scholarship for I'm sure I'm sure most people know. But basically, if you get a scholarship, they want you to go to your school because you're good at this sport, which is in this case is basketball. Which by that case, that by you going to play for their team, you then also get a your education is paid for by yes. them for you to do whatever else. So in those in that case, you know, by not winning that one game, which led them to not win state championships, you know, by winning it, as we've already stated. To get three doctors out of it, 
makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Obviously, other yep. thing, you know, the coach goes on to be an NBA uh, coach if they win. So, like you said, I know we've harped on it a little bit here, but it makes perfect sense. And I like the fact that they explain it a bit more. Sometimes you don't need to explain it because in time travel stuff, obviously, you'd be like, what? And then it gets explained later on. Then, you, then it all links together because of the way the linear time works, basically. But yeah. Mm. I, I, oh, by the way, Al, I thought was really good in this episode. Oh, without a doubt. Again, um, two in a row that Al has been like, I'm going to say MVP, actually, to be fair. He had funnier moments in this one because he wasn't as disheveled in whatever was going on in MIA. But um, we'll get to it. But the way he handles Sam a bit later on as well, mm. it seems like a dig at first. But then actually, he then explains it again. So Al has been really, for me, was like MVP in this, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, totally. Mentioning Al, he is one of my little gripes at the same time. I completely agree with you. He is the MVP of this episode. He is fantastic. And we get him you know, laughing and joking with Sam. We get him talking about the homemade food and how much he wants to try some of the peach cobbler and all this sort of stuff. But one of the, Al's main traits one of the traits of this character that's reoccurring is his relationship with the ladies we get a couple of comments here from al during the episode about the cheerleaders uh pointing out that what i think it's lisa is the one that has a thing for sam uh yeah you i know where you're going with it's a pom-poms uh, yes he points out comment, that she, yeah. she, she, she has, she's she'll be the one with the cute pom-poms and sam says none of them are wearing none of them have got pom-poms and then he twigs that al is not necessarily referring to the cheerleading equipment and yeah he also mentions about these young girls and also then talks about he is sam is a fully grown man but in the body of a 16 year old who is at their you know, is sexual heightening, apparently, according to Al, and all this sort of stuff. I would just like to throw this out here now. They're 16-year-old girls. Admiral, go take a cold shower, for fuck's sake. This is not a good look. Do you know what? I, I must have just, like, not blind to it, but I went, you know, I, it was a joke, maybe. That's how I took it. Obviously, yes, it's not right for what he's, mm. you know... Um, Luckily, there's not too much of it in this episode. I don't yeah. think so. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with what you just said, really. Yeah, let's let's move on. It doesn't age very well at all. Uh, I suppose we, we kind of get the double side to this leap then. Sam knows what he is here to do, but Sam also has what he wants to do. And his mission to, I suppose, rectify issues in his own family begin the following morning. He has got up very early and he has completed all of the farm work so his dad doesn't have to worry about it. His dad comes into the kitchen coughing and spluttering. So naturally, when you're coughing and spluttering in that way, you want a cigarette because that is what people seem to think helped back in the day. And we find that Sam has, shall we say, um, tried to force some changes upon his father here. The, the cigarettes are missing. His carton of cigarettes are missing from where they are normally kept. He has replaced his dad's morning coffee with decaffeinated coffee, which his dad explains is for old ladies. And then in what I think is potentially one of the low-key throwaway lines of the episode, his dad sits down for breakfast and Sam explains that there's no bacon, no eggs, no sausages, no hash browns, which is what his dad lists as what he wants. And there's um, a high-protein high breakfast cereal and some fresh yeah. milk 
and all this sort of stuff. And he goes, it's a good, it's a good healthy breakfast. And his dad just literally, right, skipping a beat, responds, for a hippie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was just like, that is amazing. Uh, it did make me, it did make me pop when he said that. I was just like, I did laugh for a hippie. <laughs> it was so, <laughs> again, it, it can go under the radar a little bit, but I thought it was just comedy gold. It was awesome. Yeah, well, obviously you've got that thing going on with Vietnam and the '69 and the hippies, and so yeah, yeah again, it, it's of the times. But uh, yeah, it is like <laughs> hippie. You know, most people would say, like we say nowadays, if we were presented with that, um, you might say for a hamster or for a rabbit or whatever. You know, you, you say it like that rather than for a hippie. <laughs> but yeah, granola was like a considered like a hippie thing. I think back in the day, like back in the '60s, so. Yeah, I mean the breakfast cereal. I don't know the name of it, but the breakfast cereal on the table. Um, we do get these little glitches, don't we? Where they they don't quite line up the music with the correct time frame and so on. Apparently, the breakfast cereal on the table that is quite prominent on screen wasn't from '69. It's actually a box of that cereal from 1990 when this episode was made. But yeah, it's yeah. a very I, I wouldn't know without I wouldn't know that, looking that, that up. That, so yeah, yeah. same. I wouldn't know that. Um, yeah. It's yeah. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say there's also some trivia very quickly uh, from that. Um, when the title and date are shown from the Leap Home, I didn't know this. I looked; It just happened to be uh, it, one of the things when I looked up the episode. The farm in the background apparently is from the Field of Dreams in 1989. Yes. I, I, I didn't realise this when I was watching it, but when I was doing a little bit of research before we sat down to record today, I saw that. And it says on the, on the site that I located it on, that if you look at the original scene when Sam looks across the uh, across the farm land and sees the farmhouse and so on, you can actually see the basketball diamond from the film. I didn't notice that. Oh, I'm, gonna have to go, I'm gonna have to go back and have a look. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do that now. Once we finish this, I'm gonna go back and see if I can see that. But yeah, I didn't. Again, it wasn't something I was aware of. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen Field of Dreams, obviously. Who hasn't? Um, and you, this is where Sai says me. Um, no, I've, I've seen that. I've seen that. <laughs> Shut up! You haven't seen Halloween. You, Shut you, got, up. You, you cannot take the moral high ground on this episode about anything like that. Now, uh, well, to be honest, <laughs> man, you didn't know who Henry Carville was, so you know. I, I, I think you know whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've all got blind spots in our film uh, history, you know. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't have known that. I can't. What I was going to say now, so we'll move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, um, we we find that the cigarettes aren't just missing. Uh, Sam has burnt them, <laughs> which is just amazing. I could remember uh, probably around the time this episode came out, actually 1990, 1991 ish. Uh, I used to hide my dad's cigarettes uh, and my mum's actually because I didn't want them smoking and so on. And they would go absolutely crazy and you know, tell me off, and I get in lots and lots of trouble. And then I don't know, maybe five or six years later. I was wishing I could have found those cigarettes to smoke them myself. So it's, <laughs> well, there you go. Um, yeah. Then the mother says, it's just a waste of money. He goes, what me burning them or him smoking them? Because, you know, you could always argue that fact that they are, you just yeah. paying for, to smoke it. But then you could also argue the fact that you are just buying a pint to then we out at some point. So, you know, to <laughs> basically this is out, you know, um, or, you can say that with a lot of things. Food could be considered a waste of money because you only eat it and it leaves you eventually. So, <laughs> well, I suppose, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, graphic there. <laughs> uh, Al arrives 
and and says to Sam that he, he can't be concentrating on this because the basketball game, winning the basketball game, is the reason he is here, and he needs to get to practice. He arrives at practice, and we have the stereotypical old school. American sports coach shouting and yelling and calling people derogatory terms whilst the young lads are sweating and, and busting a gut to try and get, get their training in. Before we are told that uh, this character, Nono's, is potentially the most dominating high school basketball player this coach has ever seen. So they need to train with somebody above their own station to prepare themselves for when they face Nono's. So they say hers Kong and there is a, a lad there in his basketball gear, but with a, well, a King Kong mask on hiding who he is. Sam, as they're starting to play basketball, Sam's looking at this guy in the mask and trying to figure out what's going on before we get the reveal that Kong is actually Tom. And this is when he's returned back to spend some time at home for Thanksgiving. And we get the emotional reunion of, of Sam I suppose the older Sam seeing his big brother that is now younger than him in a weird way. But yeah, the, the emotional reunion on, on the basketball court there, don't we, Benny? Yeah, and uh, I will say this is one of the bits where you just can't help but smile for Sam. Yes. Just feel happy for Sam in this moment because we know, we've known for a while, you know, via watching these episodes that Tom died in Vietnam. Eventually it comes out where he, he knows his brother's dead, but he doesn't know why then. And we eventually get the reveal that he died in Vietnam. Mm. Uh, so again, it links back to what I said earlier with, you know, seeing loved ones again that you haven't seen because of they're no longer here. So to be really of that moment and see him, uh, it's a nice moment. It really yeah. is. Um, I just want to go back a little bit if I can, um, just a little bit on uh, when Sam, you know, Al's trying to convince Sam to go to basketball and all that. And then Sam, uh, Al makes a comment of, um, oh, this is amazing. Uh, Sam makes a comment of this is amazing or something like that. And then Al says, well, you better enjoy it before you wake it up. You know, he's kind of like, because Sam's trying to fix his family and he thinks all this is going to work at this point. He goes, what's wrong with playing basketball, basically? So Sam's kind of reluctant to go to basketball at first, but, you know, wouldn't it be nice to see your old friends again? And mm -hmm. yeah, basically the line that I took from that was, you better enjoy it uh, before you wake up. You know, because at the moment he's in that bliss of I'm with my family and I, I can fix everything, you know. Sort of, but it's uh, kind of a little inspired by his mum, I think, as well, because his dad goes into into the town to buy some more cigarettes because obviously Sam's set fire to his, his carton. And um, he talks to his mum and his mum says, look, maybe I should maybe I could help a little and put less fat in some of his in, in some of his foods and breakfasts and so on. So Sam feels like he's actually achieving something just from that comment from his mum. And that's when we go into the, the conversation with Al. So you're spot on. It does feel like the way I took it anyway, it does feel like he's accomplishing stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, I, it seems a little bit, it does, see, the way Al delivers it isn't mean, but no. consider it mean, you know, you better enjoy it before you wake up. But he delivers it in such a way that it doesn't feel like a dig at Sam or anything like that. And Sam doesn't take it that way either. So well, as you said, then we're on to basketball, which is cool. And we have that reunion with Tom and Sam, which is really cool. Mm. Yes. It's almost like Al's, Al's just trying to keep Sam's feet on the floor. He doesn't want him yeah. to get carried yeah. away, yeah. does he? Yes. Yeah. way of putting it, yeah. He knows he's got a task to complete, and it's not necessarily what he's working on at that moment. And Sam also, throughout the episode, I mean, we're jumping about a little bit here, but that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll cover it all as we go along. Sam also has it in his head that he might not want to leap. He might want to stay there. 
And why can't he stay there if he's, he's got three years to change the way his dad his his dad's living? He's got three years to impact his dad's lifestyle yeah. before he dies. So why why doesn't he? Why does he you know have to leap? Yeah, this isn't the first time either that we've had Sam not wanting to. Whether it's the hate of somebody um, or whether it's just he wants to stay with somebody. Um, from his past, again, uh, Donna, I think, was one. The piano teacher was another. He didn't want to leap. Then he did want to leap, and then he wasn't going to save. You know, So it's not the first time that we see, and I can understand why Sam doesn't want to leap because he's home, you know, um, <laughs> but he's 16 years old <laughs> so uh, in a 16-year-old body. So he's not home, home. He's not back to the present where he should be. No, that's it. That's it. Uh we then, I suppose, again, we get the basketball scene, as, as we both mentioned. But we cut then to Sam and Tom uh, walking through the fields. And uh, they're basically pheasant hunting, aren't they? And Sam is trying to convince Tom to not go to Vietnam. He's trying to talk his his way around it and, and, and so on. But he's... <laughs> It's difficult, I guess, because he doesn't want. He can't. He can't turn around and be like, "Oh yeah, by the way, I'm a time traveler. I know you're gonna fucking die, mate. Don't go," because you'll get a laughed at, and he's also kind of exposing what he's there, you know, himself, I guess. But we kind of get that in a roundabout way because when he doesn't convince Tom, or Tom doesn't think that he's uh, trying to convince him not to go for the correct motivation. At one point, he, he accuses Sam of maybe being a bit of a hippie himself, part of the uh, hey, no, we won't go crowd that was yeah, you know, yeah. with regards to the Vietnam um, call-ups, I suppose. Those and people that burnt their draft cards, didn't they? That's it, yeah, the drafting and so on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Sam says that's not the case and says it's for his own good, his own, his own health, his own well-being, his own life, I suppose. Sam then does talk to him about being able to see the future and he does know about things that happen. And to prove his point, he says that Tom is now going to flush out two birds. He'll sh- he'll hit one, and then he'll miss the second. And that's exactly what happens. So that then leads to something really interesting in this episode. In that th- there's a doctor then talking to the family in the kitchen. And the doctor is trying to, whilst spooning ridiculous amounts of sugar (laughs) into his tea and even onto a cake he's adding sugar onto a cake it's ridiculous this doctor is but he's he's trying to convince he's talking to the family about the pressure 16 year old sam is under he's got issues with regards to uh, all these colleges wanting him and all this sort of stuff i like the fact that sam's dad like so obviously uh, back here again obviously but sam's dad is like what's he he's only 16 what's he gonna be stressed about well he's got like you know, as you were saying, uh, college offers, basketball mm-hmm. games, you know, pressures to do well in these things to, you know, progress in the next phase of his life because he's becoming, you know, he's in, in, heading into that college phase of his life. So I like the fact the doctor kind of not set him straight, but was like, hang on a minute. They've got X, Y and Z to do so that, yeah. you know, he's got a lot of stuff going on. And like you said, even while saying all this, <laughs> that sugar, I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, leave some for the household. And with that, that was insane. Say, and he must be making a damn mess as well. I know he's got a plate under that cake, but the way he's spreading it is like just really, it's just all over the shop, man. Honestly. It was ridiculous, wasn't it? Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but the doctor basically says that maybe this is a way of 
Sam coping with the pressure. It's like a make-believe world or his subconscious or whatever, creating an alternative for him to disappear to. We should just play along with it. So what we then get is a few scenes where the family are, I suppose, they're pretending, but they are accepting that Sam is a time traveller. It's a really weird setup, isn't it? But it's quite clever because we then get the brilliant scene with Katie and the guitar sat on the decking, don't we? Yeah, which uh, so we don't see necessarily all of it, but we have all the. And, uh, there is a point where Sam's like trying not to trying to convince his sister not to marry Chuck, and she's obviously laughing and going, "Okay, I won't marry Chuck and stuff." And he's like, "Oh, you're just pretending, you're like mum and like, Tom, like dad. You're just humouring me, aren't you?" Basically. Um, mm. Um, and then he goes on to say a few other things that happen, uh, like the Beatles splitting up, and she's like, "Oh my god, the Beatles split up! Wait till I tell—I think is it wait till I tell Elaine or one of her friends or whoever." Yes. Um, and he goes, "Oh, what does so and so do? And what does John do?" And he goes, "He goes, well, John." Um, and he just—he's about to tell her what happens to John. Is it John? That's right. Isn't That's it? right. Yeah, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Al's there. He goes, "Don't tell her." Yeah. John is going to write one of my favourite songs and he yeah. starts singing Imagine I believe it's called That's right Imagine yeah uh, and the, of course the issue with, with that is that uh, Sam has leapt into 1969 and I think Imagine in the States came out in 71 so it's not about yet <laughs> This is also so, a big leap from his sister to think that maybe Sam could have wrote it I'm just saying he could have made up a song I'm, I'm, yeah yeah <laughs> but, this is true but that's see again there are many but that is one that's always puzzled me a little bit because she's she gets upset i don't want tom to die because i've never you know I, I don't want to believe you because she's never heard the song before is what you were getting at um and the mum comes out and she goes um tom i don't want tom to die and then, of course now the little sister's now upset now everybody's kind of looking at sam like he's the bad guy essentially by saying these things and then Eventually, Sam breaks down and says, "I made him all up," and runs off. Um, and they mm. basically tell they, you know, everybody. Go, well, I think Tom goes to chase him, but they say, "Leave him, let him cool off, or whatever." Um, and then we have Sam running through the fields again. Yeah, but we do get a line from Al that I think is really, really good here. Before the running starts, <laughs> uh, Sam explains oh, yeah, that yeah. he's, you know. Al explains to Sam that in, in what he's doing, he's not changing anything. Everyone still has the same life in front of them. He has not altered anything. So he's not changing the future. He's making their present miserable. Yeah. Oh, that is so powerful. Yeah. And that's when Sam breaks down and then says, I made it up and runs off. Yeah. I forgot about that. You're right. Um, then we have the bit where he's in the field. Why? Because uh, we we've actually glossed over it uh, in the beginning. We have Al mentioning Beth again, mm-hmm. and Al does say like, you know, why is it different this time? Because it affects you, which I thought could have been a lo- that could have been a lot more of an argument than actually what it was, in terms of because um, Sam's like, I can't change it. You know, we can't change anything in our own lives, which is what he said in MIA. Um, but then Al says that line of why because it affects you. And that's when Sam thinks he's been rewarded. And they kind of, they don't gloss over it, but Al doesn't really follow it up with anything, you know? I know he was near mm. the beginning of the episode, but, but in the yeah. field is very much, is a very, Sam losing his temper and I'm not doing any more shouting up to the sky. 
He shouts, I quit. I'm, I'm, I'm over it, doesn't I'm he? Done. Yeah, I'm done. Uh, runs off again. Al obviously just zooms in on him and flashes back in. Bit nonchalant, I think, Al is in this part, but he goes, it's not fair, Al. It's not fair. And then Al's like, I think it's damn fair. And it's like, whoa. Mm. <laughs> but what he follows it up with is brilliant. Well, he, he says, doesn't he, about you've got, what is it, three days to see your dad, to see your sister? I wish I could do that. Yeah, for a few days, I wish I could speak to my family, tell yep. them of them, tell them you know how much they mean to me and all that kind of stuff, and see them for a few days, you know, and be with them again, you know. So, because mm. uh, the way Al delivers that first line of "I think it's damn fair" is like, "Whoa, this this stuff's about to go down," but then he follows up perfectly with, "I'd give anything to see my sister and my dad for a few days." Yeah, tell them I love them in So. It kind of brings, um, I think Sam's feet were off the ground. We said about keeping them on the ground. I think they were off. But he, by Al saying that to him, I think, readjusts his thinking. And his feet are now firmly back on the planet <laughs> in the sense of put things into perspective. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I suppose it, he's the, the line of you're not changing the future. You're making the present miserable. Al is saying that about obviously his family's present. But now talking to you and thinking about this whole this whole couple of scenes, it, it applies to Sam as well. You're not making you're not changing the future, but you're making your present miserable. Yeah, you've everybody. got these couple of days to spend with your family, and you're trying so hard to change the future, which won't happen, rather than enjoying the time you get. You know, it, it's it's kind of double edged, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and again, like I said, I know he's had a few comments about <laughs> the cheerleaders earlier on. Um, but I think he nails it, to be honest, the yeah. pretty well in the, yeah. in the moments that it counts. Exactly. Exactly. Um, we then get the first of a couple of little montages here with regards to, uh, I suppose it's Thanksgiving dinner. They're, they're sat around as a family, all of them, Tom, Katie, mum, dad, Sam, eating dinner and you can't hear any of the conversations but they're laughing and joking and, and it's just a nice wholesome family scene and it's that situation of okay sam's took on board what al has been trying to say he's he's grasped the situation he knows okay i've got these couple of days let's not waste them and and that's when we cut to i suppose after dinner and sam and tom are practicing basketball 1v1 out in the the driveway or out in one of the yards and Sam starts again with trying to change the future. Uh, first of all, we have Tom explaining, you know, Big Nose is a massive guy. You, you need to get your arm up across his face to block him if you're trying this particular type of shot or you'll never outdo him just because of his size and all this, all this sort of stuff. Sam says, if we win the game, give me a day. Yeah. So he's now, he's now gambling with the not only changing the game for the future of uh, the people that Al's already explained, he's he's edging his bets a little bit and trying to get some sort of leeway with his brother as well. And he just randomly goes, give me the 8th of April, which of course is the day that we now know, you know Tom dies in Vietnam. Yeah. And he says, if I win this game, if we win this game, crawl into a big hole and just stay there for 24 hours. And And his brother agrees. So, you know, that's in Sam's mind, he's kind of done all he can do. He, he's effectively shot his last shot there. And yeah. in his mind, he's kind of, OK, this is kind of all I can do. Hopefully this will be all right, isn't yeah. it? Hopefully, hopefully it'll work. And 
Yeah. You know, um, and then they do the hoo and then they start playing a bit of basketball and, you know, it cracks on. And then literally we're in the last six minutes, 20 seconds of the episode, I think, roughly. And we have the basketball game. This is the only second, it's only real the second time we have any basketball stuff, I think. Oh, well, in terms of in the court anyway, not necessarily the backyard stuff as you just talked about. Um, Mm. But we're straight into the game, into the middle of the action. We're not, you know, faffing about with a montage in here. We are straight in. The game's already underway. Um, there isn't long left. And, um, yeah, we uh, we crack on, basically. And um, <laughs> Yeah. I do like the bit with, um, you got the coach yelling things and Al's on with the coach yelling things as well. I would laugh my ass <laughs> off of that. Yeah, because no one can hear him. <laughs> yeah, and then also... Which is like what, like watching football, isn't it? And everything else in sports, because you're at home shouting at your TV, yeah, uh, for your team to win or whatever. So, but I liked. It's only I don't know whether most people know this. So you might know this, but obviously he makes the comment of, "I feel like Dennis Hopper and Hoosiers." I think he says, um, "I think it's Hoosiers." I've never seen it, but um, I know that um, they were friends in real life. Okay, while and Dennis Hopper were friends, apparently. In real life, so when he says that, it does make me chuckle because apparently Dennis Hopper also said to um, uh, Dean Stockwell, "If you take a TV series, your career will be over." Yes, he was into films and stuff at that point, and he was wrong. <laughs> Basically, Dennis Hopper, but that's it was a different era because you might see TV stars become film stars, but you wouldn't see them come back to TV shows. Mm-hmm. Whereas nowadays, it's kind of chop and change, isn't it? You, especially with streaming services and stuff. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger has just done his very first TV show ever, which is um, FUBAR, I think, on Netflix. You can go where the money is, mate, I suppose. Exactly. exactly. So it's different. It's not... I mean, we had Gandalf in Coronation Street, for God's sake. (laughs) Not that I watched it, but I knew he was in it. There we go. Uh, um, We we see early on the character of No-Nose, amply named because an accident caused him to lose the end of his nose. And he smashes Sam early on, so Sam gets a three throw. So two shoots, you know, two attempts at the basket. This then leads to Sam's team being one point behind going into the last 20 seconds of the game. And we get kind of a slowed down montage kind of effort again. Very American and sports movie-esque. And Sam has the ball. He's approaching a certain area, takes on no-nos, jumps, shoots scores everyone goes batshit crazy to celebrate they finally won this match sam is lifted up on everyone's shoulders and he looks across sees his father and says bye dad that was a bit cheesy but i didn't hate it i still thought it was i still thought it worked see i didn't think it was cheesy at all i i love that um I think it's before he takes a shot, he says, I love you, dad. And I, I know. Ah, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But also like, we've also, when he did get the wind knocked out of him, Tom's like, are you all right? Just breathe, just breathe. And he's like, just don't forget your promise. And he's smart. Mm-hmm. Obviously like, yeah, you've already explained it. Um, and I also, obviously you'll probably tell, tell us anyway, but like the bit where the, he says, what about Tom? Cause Al starts listing off what things are going to happen now. Yes. And we, we get the reference of Lisa, don't we? The 16 year old cheerleader who apparently went on to marry no-nos in the original history, have two kids and then get divorced. That doesn't happen in the new history, which is just an added little thing thrown in there because we're not supposed to like this guy. And yeah, and, and Al covers the, the the history being adjusted to what the, the, the mission was, I suppose. The doctor is being created, the coach going on. Um, 
Sam then snogs a 16-year-old girl. A little bit ropey. It's meant to be a 16-year-old body. I know I know where you're coming where you're coming from. Um I wouldn't say a snog, it's more of a it's a bit of a kiss, I'll give you that. But yeah. But again, it, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um and that's when he asks, What about Tom? And I feel like Al is delaying. I think Al is kind of hoping Sam's gonna leap before he gets that information. You know what? I always thought that. Like he's like, it's just coming up now. Uh yeah. no. You, yeah. And he's yeah. Um, and he, oh, he says, I'm sorry and shakes his head and then Sam turns and yells and that's when he leaps that's when he and leaps yeah the end of the big shite comes in oh and he's in Vietnam <laughs> and then all hell Blake's loose <laughs> guns everywhere and yeah and then that's you know he, he is with Tom and that's, that's when a the, brilliant moment by the way oh. out the water and he's like Tom because he's like he's leaped to left into and he's like and then Tom's like, damn, Maggie, how do you know they were there? And then it just ends there. And it's like, so he's with his brother now, but he's in his brother's unit by the looks of it, basically. Yeah. So we go, it's a, it's brilliant though. Cause like you said, he's gone from Tom leap. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah, there he is now, um, which is April 7th, 1970. Uh, so it is, it's called the leap home part one in part two, obviously part two, as we've just already said, is going to be in Vietnam. So, you know, this is a two part story. Um, but yeah, and we don't even have the normal credits. We have uh, Scott Bakula singing <laughs> Imagine. Imagine, yeah. He does well, to be fair. It's, you know. No, he's a good singer. I don't, I don't dispute that. He does a really good cover of it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, so there we go. I mean, that's that's the end of our first episode of season three, I guess. And the next episode, as, as, as Benny explained, is The Leap Home Part 2, Vietnam. I don't... <sighs> I know it's another one that pulls at the heartstrings. I know it has links to what we've just seen with this episode. I know it's quite emotional. But I don't remember much of it from the clip we had. Yeah. Is that a similar vibe to yourself, Benny? No, I remember a lot about this one because okay. I love I love the Leap Home part one and part two. I like what we have. There's even a I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna say anything more really apart from there's a bit in it that links in from where we've come from prior at the end of right. season two. That's all I'll say for this point in time, because you don't remember it. I don't want to jog your memory right now. I want you to watch it and mm. go, holy sh... I do remember that now and stuff like that. So, But I remember a lot about it. I don't necessarily remember all the nuances and all the lines and all that kind of stuff, but I remember the the general gist of it and probably a lot more than I have done in previous episodes. I can't wait to dive in and watch it. Again, I've seen all of Quantum Leap on more than once, but I've just got these big holes in remembering certain things. Like the Leap Home Part 1 that we've watched today. I mean, we may as well get to our, our summary of it uh, and how as we're talking. Um, I remembered it being good. I remembered it being emotional. But 95% of what actually fills up that 45-minute that episode of television, I couldn't remember. Yeah. So watching it back, it does start coming back to me. Um I, I loved it. I thought it was a brilliant start to the third season. I cannot wait to get into the next episode. I, I think the the emotional side of things with Sam was really well done. It was it was really heartfelt and it, like I said, it pulled on your own heartstrings and made you emotional at home watching it without going so far over the top that it was ridiculous. It it's because it could have been I don't know the way to explain it. It could have been done so unsubtly 
that it got sickly, but it it yeah. didn't. It's it, it it was done. I think it was done very very well. And for me personally, despite the fact we have a little you know a couple of moments that are shall we say haven't aged well with regards to a. Uh, our, our Admiral Calavici and 16-year-old cheerleaders. I think that this is a five out of five for me, Benny. What are you thinking? No argument here, to be honest. I kind of forecast this, but yeah, five out of five, mate. Um, yeah, okay. It's one of those shows that was, you know, from the 90s, maybe certain things, you know, certain, thing, certain things would not be said now or would be done in a different way. But for when it came out and the story... It, it ain't about the the comments uh, to the cheerleaders and little comments here and there, and I get that, and I understand what you where you're coming from. Um, it's about the story with Sam, a slight follow on from what happened at MIA, and what's going to be happening going forward. And yeah. um, it's just it's a really good heart. And again, if you're older and you know a little bit uh, more life experience, you know you've lost people in your life or whatever. It will tug at your heartstrings, to be fair. Because mm. what? Who wouldn't give anything to maybe go back in time and spend a day with a certain family member or family members? Yeah, you know. Yeah, there we go. Very well said, my friend. Very well said. Ah, uh, so there we go. Then that is the uh, the first episode of season three. Dane, only twenty one more to go, and I can't <laughs> bloody wait. Uh, Benny, before we depart today, do you want to let everyone know whereabouts they can find your good self? and all the brilliant shows and content you are involved in, please. Obviously, I'm on SJP Wall Media with yourself doing this. Uh, I'm also do In the Corner uh, with myself and, uh, you know, guests and stuff like that. We're wrestling. That's a wrestling podcast. Um, that's on Wednesdays now, actually, uh, as this comes out, I believe. Yeah, as this comes out, um, I'm actually live on Wednesdays now on the SJP World Media video platforms, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube. I think I've got all those right. That's uh, right, yeah. Uh, 7.30 UK time, uh, 7.30 PM UK time, I beg your pardon, uh, talking current WWE, what's been going on, rumors, news, and all that kind of stuff, and you know what we think of this, that, and the other, really. So uh, with that, um, I'll mention it now quickly, but Paranormal Junkie is coming. It's just, uh, like I said to you before, it's very much a... It's a slow work in progress, because I want to get it well, right. It's a passion project, mate, isn't yeah, it? You want to get you, so, Like you just said, you want to get it right, so I fully respect that. Uh, Gameplay Junkies now is on SJP World Media, but it's now going to be every two weeks. So just look out for that. So there's not one this week. There will be one next Sunday, basically. We're just going to do it every two weeks. And that's uh, a podcast version as well, isn't it? That comes out later in the week. Yeah. yeah. We do that actually live every two weeks on twitch.tv forward slash Betty Matt Gaming. We might have to re-talk about that. So maybe maybe we do it on SJP. I don't know. We'll have to yeah, yeah. talk about that um, later down the line. But yeah, and just follow myself on Twitter at Benny Mac. B E Triple N Y M A C K. There we go. Uh, anything I'm involved in, as always, is you know found on the network that carries this show. So it's at SJP World Media on Facebook and Twitter, and there is a TikTok. It's just been started up, but I don't really know what I'm doing if I'm honest. So bear with me on that front. And um, also, it's available on all of your podcast players, platforms, and providers. Just search SJP World Media, and you have the main feed, which gives you every new show that comes out on the network, all in one place. Whether that's covering uh, television with Doctor Who, Murder in Mind, and all that great stuff, um, or looking at professional wrestling, as we said, with In the Corner, uh, RSH, Nitro Knights, Chain Wrestling itself, and so on. There's, there's all sorts going on. The new show from My Good Lady, uh, covering the book world, interviewing authors, event organizers, and so on. 
has just started it's done really really well people are loving that as well so make sure you check out the main feed to i suppose see what's on offer covering all sorts of different topics but each show also has its own individual channel or feed as well so if you decide wrestling is not for you you can nip off and listen to the doctor who pod or listen to us here on the waiting room podcast channel on its own and so on or vice versa so that's all via at sjp world media um again on facebook and twitter you'll find all the links to all the show's individual social medias too that includes the social media for this show itself and that's at waiting room pod underscore that's at waiting room pod underscore on facebook and twitter benny this was bloody good i really i, I expect next week to be bloody good as well yeah. i hope i'm not let down but i'm fairly certain it is I, uh, yeah i hope so even though i remember most of it i'm hoping it uh it, it's held up well because it's been a while since i watched it uh, but I am going to go and rewatch part one to see if I can see the Field of Dreams stuff. So, uh, oh, interesting! Yeah, t- time to leap out, mate. 